When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we are reviewing and recapping and having another look at the top 10 busts from the preseason, how they're going, and what were we right on some, were we wrong on some, what can we learn? Let's go! talking about practice. LeBron James with no regard for human life. AB basketball! Back out to Allen. History quarter. Bang! Curry for three. Wow! Unbelievable. Making it rain in New York. We the North are now we the champions. Not the destination. G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at NBA and on Instagram at BallBoysFantasyBasketball. As we said on the top of the show, we're going over the top 10 busts, the video that I did in the preseason highlighting players uh, that I think were going too early, that I think had potential to disappoint people coming into the season, and uh, basically just seeing how right slash wrong, or or even if we were right or wrong, like, you know, have has my opinion changed or anything like that, and then, uh, and then yeah, just doing that as a bit of a fun exercise, more, more to keep myself accountable as well. I'm not over here saying that I'm going to get everything right. Of course, all of these podcast videos are my opinion. And um, I'm going to be talking through, again, recapping why it is I thought certain players were bust, why it is that I thought that people were getting overvalued, and uh, and then, yes, whether or not my, my opinion has changed on those guys. Uh, we will also be doing a s- similar video for the top 10 sleepers video, again, um, where, of course, we uh, will be talking about all those guys and uh, the number one guy who obviously has disappointed everyone so far. Yes, we will talk about him for you know the uh, 100th time so far this season, but also all of the other guys in there. So let's get stuck into it. Um, Going through the list that we had here, uh, we'll also go through some honorable mentions. Now, I did uh, mention just a couple of guys on top of the top 10 players in the bus show. So the first guy that we talked about was Harrison Barnes. Now, I'll also list here their current rank as well as what they were projected or pre-ranked on Yahoo uh, and sort of my general sort of thoughts on where they were going in drafts. So uh, for, uh, what do we say, to, uh, Harrison Barnes, he was pre-ranked at 96 going into the season. Again, this was updated, I think, on Yahoo, and I haven't checked again. They might, Sometimes they even update it into the season as well, so it might not reflect what Yahoo has him right now on their, their X rank, but at the time of recording that video, that's what he was ranked 
and the same for everyone else on this list. But 96, he was uh, projected before when this, uh, the video was made. He is currently the 175th ranked player. Uh, I, I would have had him in the actual list if I genuinely believed people were picking him at this point. Um, at least a lot of the people who listen to my podcast, listen to other analysts talk about fantasy basketball who are a bit more tuned in uh, to how fantasy works. I don't believe that they were drafting him this high. If you were newer or a bit more casual to um, fantasy basketball, then maybe you were. If you were paying playing in some more free leagues or some some uh, lower level leagues, I think that maybe he would creep up to this kind of a level. So, uh, But in saying that, if you were watching a lot of my videos, you, you knew not to value him at this point. He did not even crack the top 156 players in the... Uh, in the preseason uh, ballboysmba.com guide. He was not someone I was drafting at all. Uh, even if it got down to the last pick and he was still there, I was not going to draft him. I just did not see the upside. And so far, that has proved true. Someone who should really not really be rostered in 12-team leagues at the moment. The upside is so capped. 10 points, 0.83s, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, less than a steal, and less than half a block on 41% from the field. Uh, yeah, just really nothing to like here. The only thing that he does above average is shoot free throws at you know 81% on four attempts uh, and then yeah short turnovers he's getting one turnover per game which is you know a positive technically but uh, really you don't you don't roster someone just for the fact that they are averaging one turnover per game so for me yep that's a pretty clear win I think that that is someone yeah not really too much to talk about here I think he was a pretty obvious one maybe low-hanging fruit so again I didn't really include him on the actual top 10 but did want to mention him because uh, in case you were thinking of drafting him in the top 100, I hope you didn't because he was not someone that I was targeting at all in drafts. The next guy here... Um Maybe I just didn't have the balls to put him on the top 10 list, but I felt fairly strongly um, that I was probably in the minority of people who did not like where DeMontis Sabonis was going. I know, uh, I think Josh Lloyd was a big fan of his and a few of the other analysts. I think um, some of the boys over at Sports Ethos were, were keen on, on Sabonis. Um, I can't remember exactly, but... I had him as a bust. He was ranked in the preseason as 20... What was he? 25? Uh, yeah, 25 at the timing of this video. So going at the end of the second round, start of the third round. It's not been an absolute disaster. He's the 38th ranked player uh, in fantasy basketball at the moment. Um, I'll just also, whilst I'm doing this, I want to bring up the ballboysmba.com season guide because I think I had him very close to that. I definitely had him as a fourth round player rather than a third round guy. Uh, one of my biggest things was the fact that he is a poor free throw percentage shooter. I did not like the fact that he... Um, doesn't block shots for a big man who also hurts your free throws, doesn't hit threes or get steals. So he's a big rebounds assist guy with decent field goal percentage and scoring. Um, we'd seen a little bit of him play with, with Darren Fox at Sacramento, but I wasn't convinced that, you know, that was something super, super valuable. In that time last season, he was actually the 59th ranked player in nine category leagues. In a punt three build, he was a, he was a 32nd ranked player, so obviously better. Uh, but I had him at, at rank 40 on my rankings list. So, again, uh, on the season, he's currently ranked 38th. He's had a good last couple of weeks, 26th over the last two weeks, 10th over the last week, uh, and putting up really good numbers. The free throw percentage over the last week has been incredibly high. In the last three games, he's averaging 85.7% on seven attempts. It's a huge positive, which is obviously not what we would expect from uh, someone like Sabonis, but I think that that will obviously regress. And I think that what he's doing right now on the 
the season, 18, 11, and 6 um, on good field goal percentage with basically no steals, uh, half a block, no threes either, I think is basically what he's going to do for the rest of the season. So at rank 38, I think that's about where I'd expect him to stay. Around that 30 to 40 mark would be my guess. Uh, 35 to 45, I think, is about where I'd have him. And again, at rank 40 on my preseason guide, it's about where I expected him to be. So uh, whilst I don't think it was a major Huge, huge bust. He's, he's a round back further than what he was pre-ranked. Again, not why I had him uh, on, on the, the top 10, but just someone who I disagreed with in terms of where I had him to a lot of other analysts uh, as a fourth rounder instead of an early third. Um, so let's move on to the actual top 10 now. So at number 10, I had contentiously, and uh, you know, we'll see how it actually looks out at this point, but Paolo Boncaro was my 10th ranked uh, bust. Um, so someone who I was very aware of the hype getting a bit too high on. He's the number one rookie picked in the draft. There's often a lot of uh, expectations that come with that. And by all accounts, from a real NBA standpoint and a real NBA uh, lens, he has been absolutely incredible and exceeded our expectations so far. He's been great. There's absolutely no denying that. Uh, and and uh, I, I was skeptical about his ability to fit in the NBA uh, from an NBA point of view when we were doing our draft shows uh, back in uh, whenever the draft was, uh, myself and Callum. I was a bit lower on power than he was. I still had him at the third-ranked player in the draft, but... Um from a fantasy point of view, I was even more skeptical. And in saying that, as good as he is, averaging 23.5 points, 8 rebounds, 3.6 assists, shooting, uh, well, here we go, shooting 46% from the field, 77% from the free throw line on 8 attempts, 3 turnovers, 1-3, steals, less than a block a game now. He is actually the 91st ranked player per game in fantasy basketball. And before the season, he was going as the 77th ranked player. And so everything has gone as good as you probably could have hoped it has. And he is still actually uh, nearly 20 spots behind where you ranked him. Now, of course, builds and turnovers and those sort of things will sway things. So um, I wouldn't necessarily call this a win on my behalf. I don't necessarily think he's been a bust at all. Um, But... I do still think that he gets overrated in fantasy circles because of the fact that he puts up those popcorn stats, the scoring, um, you know, the the, the decent rebounds, uh, the assists from a bigger guy is is impressive. But outside of that, low threes, low steals, he doesn't quite get your block anymore. That's been drying up very much recently in, in his more recent games. Um, uh, went off to a big start. Uh, first three games, two blocks, three blocks, one block. But then since then, he's only blocked a shot in three games uh, out of his next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So only had a, a block in three of those games out of the eight and has missed the last few due to an injury. Now, he's not going to be out for very long. Um, but I just wanted to reiterate the fact that as good as he's been, as good as you know he's looked and as, as polished as he looked, He's actually disappointed so far from a nine-category standpoint in terms of his fantasy production on the back of poor percentages, turnovers, lack of steals, lack of threes. Um, I wouldn't want to say lack of blocks, but not excelling in blocks either. So 
yeah, very interested to see and, and hear your thoughts. What are you thinking about Paulo Bancaro? Has he done what you'd hope him to do? Are you surprised to hear that he's actually t- nearly 20 spots below where you, you might have drafted him? And people were going higher than that. People were going higher than 77 into the, the 60s. Sometimes even in the 50s, I saw him go. Uh, people were starting to get very excited about him after the preseason. So, uh, yeah, I think that that might surprise some people. He is doing better in eight category settings if you take away uh, turnovers of course, but I still think that overall he is slightly disappointing. Uh, but by no means is he a bust. Uh, and, and again, I had him at 10. He wasn't quite super high up on my list. Uh, next guy here, won't spend too long on, Alex Caruso I had at number 9. He was the 100th ranked player by Yahoo at that time, which I thought was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I had him, I would have had him, again, like Harrison Barnes, I would have had him higher on the list if I thought people were actually drafting him at that point. There was, um, at the time of this video, a bit of contention whether or not it would be him or Ayo Desu new starting at point guard whilst Lonzo Ball was out. So just to be sure that uh, people weren't drafting him, expecting him to take this leap forward with Lonzo Ball out. Had him at number nine. He is currently the 153rd ranked player. He is averaging 1.5 steals, which is excellent, but everything else is just garbage. Uh, 4.4 points, uh, 0.73s, 3.3 rebounds. He's getting some assists at 3.8, but only averaging 32% from the field, 75% from the line. He's also turning the ball over a couple times a game as well, so it's really just those steals that he's helping you. He's also averaging 0.9 blocks from a guard. That's solid, but even with those elite steal numbers, he's still outside the top 150, so by no means is he someone that you have to add or roster onto your team. So, of course, if you were drafting him around that 100 spot as one of your starting 10 players uh, in 12-team in leagues, or in any team, any league that had 10 roster spots, um, then, yeah, you're not going to be happy and you've probably wasted a pick and, and dropped him and grabbed someone else. So I think that, obviously, if he was getting drafted around that spot, um, he's definitely a, a bust. So I would say, so far, we've had four players, four ticks so far. Paolo Boncaro, you could you could question, but it's definitely not, he's definitely not... Um, smash what I thought he would do. The next guy here at number eight is Tyrese Maxey. Now, Tyrese Maxey, again, maybe another controversial one. He was the flavor of the month when it was time for the preseason. He had those big games. Last game of the preseason wasn't so great. Keep that in mind. Um, He was, or yeah, so he was the 54th ranked player at the time of this video. So in the preseason, there was a lot of hype, top 60 guy, uh, and he was going around that spot in a lot of drafts that I was doing. Um, Sometimes he'd fall a bit further back, but currently on the whole season, he is actually the 75th ranked player, and that is including the last couple of weeks where he has not played with James Harden. Uh, And in those last two weeks, he's actually not been very good. He's been the 145th ranked player over the last uh, little while because of poor efficiency. Uh, the last week, it's been better at 78th per game. But overall on the season, 75th per game. So you, again, you're back 21 spots from where we were drafting him. Um, he's still scoring. He's doing the the things that we hoped he would do in terms of the points and the threes. He's actually exceeding my expectations so far with the assists. And I think that is definitely being helped by the fact that James Harden has missed time. In the last two weeks, he's averaging 5.7 assists. On the season, he's averaging 4.4, right? So 5.7 when James Harden out, bringing his numbers up uh, to the 4.4. So before then, he was likely averaging 
three point, I don't know, quick maths, the three point one at that, at that sort of a time. So three point one versus five point seven. So again, when James Harden does come back, I expect those assists to drop away. I expect the usage and the points to drop away. Um, yes, maybe the efficiency comes up and the field goal percentage rises, but I don't think it's enough to offset those. Um, one of the biggest things that I was worried about him was the fact that he doesn't provide anything else when he isn't scoring the ball super efficiently. Um, and he hasn't done that. So last year he was shooting 48% from the field. This year, 44.8. It's not bad. It's not like, it's not actually a, a huge negative to your field goal percentage, but it's just no longer really good. And so when you're relying on that to be your value, then it is something that reduces what he does. Again, um, 3.4 rebounds, 1.1 uh, steals, no blocks at all. Um, and, and the free throw percentage is actually also down a fair bit as well. I would expect that to come back up. He's currently shooting 75% from the from the free throw line. Last year, he was 86.6. The year before that, he was 87. So I do expect that to come up in fairness to him. And I think that that will help his ranking value. Uh, but at the moment... Just, yeah, someone who, as good as he's looked in certain patches, he's even had a game in there where he scored, what, he hit 44 points, hit nine threes in that game. He's had several games shooting 30 points per game. Um, You know, he's had some big assist nights after Harden went down. So, again, a lot of things have gone right for him, much like the Paolo Boncaro situation. Um, You wouldn't necessarily expect to label him a bust because of what you feel he's done in in certain games. But on the totality of the season, even with everything going right for him, he's still 20 spots back further than where he was projected or ranked in the preseason. So again, I would call that another bit of a win for us. And not a a total bust, but someone who is obviously... uh, in my opinion, was overhyped and overvalued going into the season. And I think his ranking at 54, I don't think that actually changed too much when the adjustments came after that. So uh, again, I haven't checked what it is right now on Yahoo because I know sometimes they change it sneakily after the season starts. But uh, I do remember that he was not moved too far uh, after the adjustment. The next guy here, a very similar story, Jordan Poole. Now, in the preseason, he was ranked at 63 by Yahoo in the uh, preseason rankings, and I was pushing back on him. I'm a big Jordan Poole fan. I think he's a really, really good player, and I, if I was the Warriors head coach, which obviously I'm not, I would be playing him more minutes than Clay. I think that he's a better player than Clay. You could argue that Jordan Poole's the second best player on the Warriors, and in fact... I don't know. Maybe I would make that argument depending on how you feel about Draymond Green but or Andrew Wiggins. Um, Jordan Poole is currently the 142nd ranked player. 142nd. Um, now, he will be better than that, but this is what I was worried about. And it was highlighted by the game, was it today? Or no, yesterday, where he started... Went crazy, and yes, it was against the San Antonio Spurs, and they completely destroyed them, but 36 points, five threes, three steals. Still didn't have very many assists, but the field goal percentage and free throws were really nice. Went really, really good. He struggles coming off the bench, and one of the biggest things that I was worried about him um, coming back this season was last year, he only played 15 games next to Steph and next to Clay. And in those 15 games where he played next to them, he was bad. He was averaging uh, something like 14 points, one and a half threes, uh, two and a half assists, uh, less than a steal. It, it was bad. It was not good. Now, I expected him to be better than that because I think he's just a good player and he will learn to play that role a bit more. But we've seen several really stinking games from him so far. He's put up a seven-point game, a nine-point game, a two-point game. And he doesn't have the huge steals, the rebounds, the big assists, um, numbers 
numbers to back up when those scoring nights aren't there um, and he's not getting to the free throw line enough to, to help your free throw percentage. It's really, really, they're bad, bad lines. He still has had some really good lines. Like we said, that 36-point game. He's had a 30-point game. He's had two 24-point games with good threes and good assists and good free throw percentage. Uh, but it hasn't balanced the really um, poor lines when both of those guys have been there and he hasn't shouldn't shot the ball very well. So uh, I continue to think that he will be a bust. He will be someone who disappoints as long as those two guys are not out for any long stretch of periods. Now, obviously, he will be better and Clay will probably rest back-to-backs for the rest of the season. So fire him up on those nights. Uh, but when they are both healthy and playing... I still think that he will struggle. He will be better than this. I still think... I think I had him as a top 100 guy. Let me... Again, I'll double-check where I had him in my rankings. Um, where did we have Jordan Poole? He was in the 90s or the 80s, I think, on my on my list. Jordan Poole. Adam had him. Yeah, so I had him at rank 80 on the season. So again, not a, not a huge difference, but maybe 20 spots back behind where he was ranked on Yahoo. Um, and again, you take into account lots of punt builds. If you're punting blocks, he does a lot better. So I, I had him in the 80s, I think was about the right spot to draft him. He was usually always gone by then. Um, so for me, I think that's another win. So, so far, through six players, I think we've done pretty well. And, and this next one, I think, might be the biggest uh, W of them all. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas was the number six ranked uh, bust on this list. At 52nd in the preseason, he was um, the, or the end or the, uh, the start of the bad center run or the end of the good center run. Kind of just that guy that we didn't really know what to do with. And... Um, yeah, I just, I never, I never liked drafting him around that spot. It was always, yes, he's a good, a permanent producer. He was someone who can get you rebounds on good percentages and put up decent points as a center eligible player. It doesn't hurt you from any particular area, but I was concerned about the return of Zion, the elevation of Trey Murphy. I didn't necessarily think that Larry Nance was going to take his minutes and dominate and play 28 while he plays 20. I didn't think it would go that far, um, but I was concerned that his minutes were going to drop and the potential for the the uh, New Orleans, because they are so deep to play around with their lineups and rotations, and and he would probably be the one that suffered the most. So um, currently, Jonas Valanciunas is the 106th ranked player. Remember when he was a top 30 guy in the first week of the season and we had him as a sell high? I hope you guys did, because over the last two weeks, he's been the 202nd ranked, uh, 203rd ranked player, averaging 10 points, nine rebounds. That's Nine rebounds is good, but, you know, 0.43s, 1.4 assists, 0.4 steals, 0.1 blocks. Uh, the percentages have even been pretty pretty average as well. 79% from the free throw line, 45% from the field. Just, um, yeah, really disappointing. I don't think he's a drop, but at some point, and in today's game, 2.3 rebounds, 2 assists, at some point you might have to start considering it. I don't think it's there yet. I want to see more time and I want to see... This lineup has been changing. Uh, Jonas, uh, sorry, uh, Zion didn't play today, which was was very very strange. Um, that he that he even with Zion out, that he only played thirteen point seven minutes. Very very worrisome. If that continues to stay at that twenty minutes or less, you might have to consider dropping Jonas Valanciunas. Um, so. Probably one of probably the biggest bust so far on the season, um, from where he was drafted to where he's trending, and um, the concern of his minutes I think is very very legitimate. So again, probably another tick in that one for all of them. So all ticks so far, 
And then we come to number five. Now, this is probably where I take my first L. Uh, he was the thumbnail of the video, unfortunately. Um, probably because I put him as a thumbnail because he was my poster boy last season when uh, he obviously was the biggest disappointment in the entire season. And I had him as my number one bust. He was number five, so not quite as high this season as last year. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. was ranked by Yahoo at 53. Um, I don't think he was going quite that high, maybe more in the 60s in a lot of drafts, but um, at 53... He was a guy that I've seen get people get very excited about, very hyped about. He was going second, third round to the year before that, and obviously that hurt a lot of people. Um, but he's been really good so far, unbelievably good, in fact. He is currently the 36th ranked player in nine-category leagues. It is very much a very typical Michael Porter Jr. line, though. 18 points, whatever, just barely above average. 3.63s, okay, that's really, really good. Okay, it's a big value there. Six rebounds, barely above average. 1.3 assists, below average. 0.7 steals, below average. 0.3 blocks, really bad. 49.7% on 13 attempts, that's pretty good. And 85% from the free throw line, but only on 1.7 attempts and one turnover. So, the turnovers elevate his value a little bit higher than what he probably would otherwise be. And the elite, elite efficiency and huge three-point volume is definitely uh, boosting his value. Now, I always did say, I will asterisk this, I always did say that he has top, you know, I, I would say his ceiling was around the 50 mark. And I think that that is still probably correct. I don't think that he can keep this level of shooting up for the entire season. His three-point shooting has been absolutely on fire. He, uh, I think he said something in the preseason saying, you know, someone can go and shoot 53% from the three. And whilst it has happened before, it has never happened to this level of volume before, um, hitting 3.6 attempts per game or makes per game. So I do expect that the percentages come down and when they do, there is a lot of there's a lot left to be desired. Let's take, for example, his two most recent games. His most recent game put up 31 points, hit six threes, shot at 69 percent from the free, from the field. He had two steals, but one rebound, two assists, no blocks. Um, he had no turnovers as well. Again, boosting his value. So, great game, excellent, excellent game. The game before that. Seven points on 30% shooting, hit one three, four rebounds, and no other stats. That is the concern that I have with Michael Porter Jr. Very um, very Tyrese Maxey-esque without the assists. Maxey can at least get you three assists per game, three and a half assists per game. He's probably going to get you more rebounds, which is good. The blocks might be closer to one, which is decent as well. So whilst they give you different things, I think the general archetype of the player is the same. And the difference between the two guys right now is Michael Porter Jr. is hitting his shots and he's hitting his shots at a very high volume and a very high rate, whereas Tyrese Maxey is not, okay? And you could just as easily in the next month when we touch on this again, you could very easily see those guys swap, um, which just creates for uh, a very roller coaster of a right. Now, he's a good shooter. I, I do think that he's a really good shooter, as I think is Tyrese Maxey. But when you're relying on that to provide fantasy value in a week-to-week sample sizes, there is a lot of room for disappointment and there's a lot of room for some very empty lines. And um, they're typically the kind of players that I try to avoid personally because I think that when you do rely on that, uh, especially when it comes time to your fantasy playoffs, it could pay off, but it really could come back and bite you. So whilst I think I'm going to take the L right now and um, he's obviously proven me wrong, 
I think there is still a chance that he definitely falls well off from here. And then you also have to take into account the, the injury risk where it looks like he's healthy right now. He has missed a game due to lower back maintenance. It's just been the one game, which is, I guess, a positive so far. And the minutes seem to be fairly decent so far. I think he's averaging, let's have a look. He's averaging 29 minutes per game. So that could even come up, I, I would imagine. Um, Jamal Murray is working his way back in. So maybe a bit of usage drops. Uh, who knows? But I think that, he could top out at around like 50 to 60 would still be my guess, uh, which I did say there was a possibility of. But again, this ranking of Yahoo when you're drafting him at 53, the upside versus the risk, I just didn't think was there in the preseason. Um, so I didn't have him on any of my teams. Right now, if you drafted him, you're looking very, very happy and you're happy with it. I would, I would say that he's a sell high though. I still think that he could easily drop back and I would be try to trade him for a guaranteed guy in the top 40, guaranteed top 50 player if I could, get rid of a bit of injury risk, get rid of a bit of regression in his shooting risk, and then diversify my stats personally. That's what I would be trying to do. But again, I've traditionally been Michael Porter Jr. Well, I don't even, I actually really like the guy. I think the year before that, I was he was in my top 10 uh, or, or sleeper videos. I really liked him as a breakout candidate the year before. Everyone went crazy on him and started drafting him in the third and second rounds. But um, we remember that stretch and uh, yeah, he, people still get very excited about it. All right, let's move on to the next one here. Jeremy Grant, and again, probably... Now, if I just look him up, I can't remember. He's been playing really well recently. Is this one an L? So, in the preseason, he was ranked 74. He's currently the 69th ranked player. So, I guess by definition, yes, that is an L for me. So, there's two Ls so far um, on the season. Now... In the last week, in the last week, get this, he's the, the third ranked player, um, averaging 40.5 minutes per game, 32 points, four and a half threes, seven rebounds, three assists, two steals, one and a half blocks, 55% from the free throw line, sorry, from the field, and 82% from the free throw line with two turnovers. Absolutely amazing numbers. Again, it is a two-game sample size, but in the last two weeks, he's the 24th ranked player. All of that coincided with the fact that uh, Damian Lillard missed some time. So for me, there is 0% chance that he is going to be sticking with that. I believe, uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, I did a segment on him, and he was like the 170th ranked player before Damian Lillard's injury. So he was well, well down before this injury. We were, uh, it was the, uh, should we be worried about video? I think we discussed about, should we be worried about Jeremy Grant? Because he was, it was really, really dropping. The defensive stats were not coming. They have come absolutely in spades. I mean, really, it's only been that one game where he averaged four, when he had four steals and a block. He had two blocks the last game. Um, But outside of that, there's only been three games this season where he's registered a steal. Um, he's had a block in most of his games, which is positive, uh, but only two games where he's had more than one block. And in fact, both of them were only two blocks. And uh, the rebound still is less than you'd want. I think the usage has been absolutely crazy with Lillard gone, but now that he is back, um, I think that that is something that you're going to see regress. Um, so... He is someone that I think you can use as a sell high. And even though he's been going absolutely crazy, he's still basically around where you've drafted him uh, on the totality of the season. So I think I would expect more of the first couple of weeks, Jeremy Grant, than the last couple of weeks, Jeremy Grant. Again, the big key factor there is Damian Lillard was there and then he wasn't there. Now he's back. 
Um, so let's see where he goes from here. Maybe it gives him a bit of confidence and he can he can still keep up a little bit better than what he was the first couple of weeks, which was the 170th ranked player. So I had him around like the rank 100, rank 105, I think. Actually, let's again, let's double check that one. Uh, I think I had him in the ninth round. Oh, so yeah, I had him at 97. So 97, top 100 just. But again, comparing him to the... What was he? The 74th ranked player. So again, 25 spots or so back from where he was ranked on Yahoo. I just didn't see the point drafting him there when I thought he was clearly going to regress when he was coming over from Detroit and is going to get less usage. So uh, call that an L or a W. I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe that one's a bit of a wash at this stage. The next one here. Uh, my most uh, favorite punching bag, Russell Westbrook. Uh, I've been uh, beating up on this guy for the last couple of years. But Russell Westbrook... Look, he's moved to the bench, and undeniably, he is playing better. He absolutely is. I have to give him his credit. He is still the 118th ranked player on the season uh, in nine category leagues, and that is still with him shooting 81.5% from the free throw line. So he's fixed his free throw issues, which I never thought I'd see the day. He's actually a positive in that category so far. Um so he's fixed one of his big things, and he's still the 118th ranked player. In the preseason, when I did this video, he was ranked at 109 on Yahoo. So could you call that a W? Uh, again, I don't really think I can pat myself on the back for that one because he's looking better than I expected. Um, again, he was one of those guys that, after a lot of things, I think I had him at 150 or, or, or 140 for a little while, and then I actually removed him from my, my preseason uh, season guide because I just didn't want anything to do with him and all the the drama going to the season with his hamstring and all this sort of stuff. I just didn't want to touch Russell Westbrook. 118th on the season. Last two weeks, he's been the 59th ranked player. That's on the back on some unsustainable shooting. 90% from the field. He was shooting well above 50% for a little while from the from the uh, field goal percentage. Sorry, that's 90% from the free throw line. 50% from the field. He's hitting two plus threes per game. Obviously, that's not going to stick. It's He's, he's called... Russell West Brick for a reason. He's, he's not going to be coming out here and, and hitting two threes per game. The steals have been up, averaging 1.2 steals per game. Um, I think that that, whilst that's not uh, stupidly unrealistic, it's he's averaged 0.9 the season before that. Um, I, I just don't think he's averaging less minutes than last season as well. So to average less minutes and average more steals, it's it's more than likely that you're going to see that drop. And uh, we also have already started to see these last couple of games. Um, you know, last game shot 26%. Game before that shot 35%. Uh, didn't hit 1-3 last game. No steals. No steals in the game before that. So he's still doing Russell Westbrook things, and we still have to factor into the account that Dennis Schroeder is going to be coming back into the mix. Maybe these Lakers make a trade and grab a Buddy Heald or someone like that. They're obviously still losing a lot of games, so it's not working really when it comes to wins and losses. They've only won three games on the season, so um, there is still very much the risk of big changes coming. And uh, I think they're still trying to trade him and trying to shop him and use this bench situation to boost his value. So I think that you could call this a W. I'm, I'm going to call it a wash so far, much like the Jeremy Grant one. Um, but I think that I'm still pretty strong in my opinion. If, if you are punting turnovers and field goal percentage and you've got him and you're just crossing your fingers that he doesn't murder your free throw percentage and he's somehow fixed that, then sure, he's definitely worthwhile and, and a good player to have on your team and his value would dramatically be improved in that kind of situation. I'm just not convinced that that's going to 
remain the, the case in terms of his free throw percentage. I think it will start to trend back down. Um, and I think there is risk that he also loses some minutes and some usage down the line as well. So again, I'll call that a wash. So, so far, I've got one L for Michael Porter Jr., two washes for Jeremy Grant and Russell Westbrook, and all the other ones I would call Ws. This next one here is another W, I would say. Number two, Brandon Clark. He was the 79th ranked player in the preseason before um, when this video was made. And currently he is sitting at the 171st ranked player. Someone that was very, uh, once the season started, once we got a few games in, it was very clear that he was definitely the backup center, the backup um, big man. And he's averaging 19 minutes per game, which just is not enough to get it done. He did average 19 minutes last year and was 131st ranked player. So, Barely kind of a back-end kind of a guy on the basis of good field goal percentage, which he's doing again 62% from the field. But with the back-end roster spot, you're much more uh, use, it's much more useful to have a streaming spot than, than have a guy just sit there and give you good field goal percentage. So for me, I think that he is someone that uh, I would call a big L, sorry, a big W for me, big L for anyone who drafted him in the top 80 um, because, yeah, he's someone that obviously should not, uh, is by no means a must-add player. He had a good game today with Stephen Adams in foul trouble, played 33 minutes, and so this is what we, we'd hoped that he did when we thought that he was going to be the starter, but it hasn't been the case. He's had a couple of minutes of uh, games of 30 minutes per game uh, this season, but it hasn't amounted to a sustained long-term run. Jaron Jackson Jr. is now back. There is a possibility that they play them more together because they have JJJ's spacing, which works a bit better with Brandon Clark. So maybe he is someone to watch now that they are back. JJJ is back earlier than we thought. But then again, you're just going to have him like what he was last year, which was a 19 and a half minute per game. And now you've got Santi Aldama in the mix, which wasn't there last season. So I'm not that confident that he's really going to turn things around, but I, I'm still paying attention. But at the moment, I'd call that a big W for the bust. And uh, the number one bust candidate, Tobias Harris. Now, Tobias Harris... Uh, again, you talk about Russell Westbrook being one of my favorite punching bags. Tobias Harris this season was definitely one of my favorite punching bags. He was someone who was ranked 59th at the time of this recording, which was just crazy. I actually think he went up from this um, after the adjustments by Yahoo. Uh, I, I believe so, or maybe maybe there was another adjustment. I'm, I'm getting confused by Yahoo adjustments. But so far, I'm going to cop the big L on this one. So that's two L's, two washes. And then what's that? 12. So, and then eight W's so far. So eight out of 12, two ones that are, that are L's that again, I think I'm probably more confident Tobias Harris is going to, to be an L. Michael Porter Jr. probably looks like the one that I, I, I will put my hand up and say I got wrong. Um, but Tobias Harris, the reason he is the 31st ranked player, 1.6 steals, 2.1 threes. That's it. There's, there's no other thing that, means that he's going... Like, he has, in the last three seasons, average 0.6 steals, 0.9 steals, 0.7 steals. He has basically gone ahead from last year's numbers and nearly tripled his amount of steals per game in fewer minutes. That is just absolutely unsustainable. If you halve those steals and go from 1.6 to 0.8, his value comes crashing down. Absolutely crashing down. He's only above average in threes, Rebounds just, 
steals, and turnovers. Everything else, he is below average. The only thing that is above a one Z score score in positives is the steals. And again, that is typically his worst category in fantasy basketball and has been for the last three seasons. Um, I threw out that fun stat that he had never had a five-steal game since 2014. Um, so eight years ago, eight years without having a five-steal game, which he had recently, he's had a four-steal game and a three-steal game so far this season, which are all absolutely boosting his numbers with the smaller sample size. Um, and and he's also benefiting with James Harden out. So again, one of the reasons that I had him so far high up on my bus show was when James Harden came into the, the team last year, he fell off a cliff. He went from the second slash third option. Tyrese Maxey's taken a step forward. He is now the fourth option. So when, when you're having a guy that doesn't give you normally, doesn't give you steals, doesn't give you blocks, isn't a high-volume three-point shooter... Um, and not a huge assist guy, rebounds are average. When you take a hit in, in points and you take a hit in something like that where you're, where you're efficient with those points, well, then you're not really offering much. You're offering 14, 6, and 3 with you know a steal, uh, sorry, less than a steal per game, less than a block per game, whatever percentages, and you know one to one and a half threes per game. Now, he is taking more threes, and it seems like something that he has worked on. He's averaging 2.1 for the season. Last year, he was 1.4, 1.3 the year before that, and 1.8 the year before that. So I do expect that to come back. Maybe it is better than 1.4 last year, and it's closer to 1.6, 1.7. But even still, you take off half a three, you take off a steal per game, and his value, you go from having four positive contributing categories to two and one of them being turnovers, the other one being rebounds, which is right now just a bee's dick above average um, at the moment. So he is someone that I'm so, so confident. He is the biggest sell high uh, out there right now. I'm so confident that he's going to come back to earth. In my rankings, let's see where I had him in my rankings for those of you who weren't subscribed. Um, I had him at one... 106 was where I had Tobias Harris ranked. So I still obviously was drafting. He was a player that I'd be drafting in my starting 10. But uh, there was just no upside I felt higher than that because because of the James Harden factor, because of the fact he's not a big boost in any one category in a head-to-head league. That's what I value. Um, and, and he just doesn't get boosted by any punt builds, even in his punt steals build, which obviously if you <laughs> draft him in a punt steals build, his value is put in this in this situation anyway, uh, but even in that category last year, he would still only be the 92nd ranked player once James Harden came, came across as this team was constructed. Let's have a, actually have a look. If we punted steals, uh, what would he be so far on the season? So Tobias Harris, let's have a look. Where does he play? Philadelphia. Sorry, I just don't do this little experiment here. He'd be he'd be the fifty seventh ranked player. Okay, so he would already be below or, or right around where you would expect him to be drafted. And that's again playing a lot of the season so far, half the season, the last two weeks without James Harden on the team. So I think that he still has a long way to fall down. I think he, whilst he might not, uh, you know, maybe he is uh, inside the top one hundred uh, on a nine category setting. Uh, maybe I think that that means he's maybe the. 80 to 90, 90 to 100 kind of a zone. So again, on that initial ranking of 59, I do expect him by the end of the season to be a bit of a bust uh, or a disappointment for those who drafted him at that zone. So 
That is all for today, guys. Let us know down in the comments below. Are you do you disagree with me? Do you think that the guys that I've labelled as uh, W so far are going to turn it around and they're going to prove me wrong? Um, so far, eight out of twelve. I think. Pretty decent strike rate. I think that that's okay. Uh, two washes, I think, that have a chance to go either way. Um, so maybe at the end of the season, if I can get 10 out of 12, that would be that'd be pretty good accuracy. We're going to do the um, sleeper videos next uh, tomorrow. I think we'll, they'll come out. A little bit less uh, victorious on those ones so far. But again, lots of different situations can play out. But stay tuned for that one. Make sure you give this video a big thumbs up. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the YouTube channel as well. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts if you can as well. Much appreciated if you can, guys. And I'll see you next time. Laters. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.